Welcome to Conscious Conversation with myself, Craig. And Chet. This and has Chet. been a while. Yeah. How long has it been? I don't know. It must have been lockdown. Just was the last one we did, right? Around was Christmas time. Yeah. I remember doing it around there. God, God, I miss those days back in when we used to record in random locations. Yeah. Uh, trying to dodge the authority, recording places that we shouldn't be recording in. Um, yeah. but At yeah. times not to be together. Distance apart. <laughs> Distance apart. God, we've gone through it all. But this is episode number 39. Um, it's been a long time coming. We've tried to do this for the last couple of weeks. Mm. And it's just been on and off cancellations, disappointments, and uh, yeah, how it is in most relationships, it seems. <laughs> People's <laughs> lives. But yeah, how you been, Craig? Good, man. Yeah, good. In a new space. Uh, yeah, we're shooting in a new space, but I guess the viewers are used to us changing locations. But this is now going to be the new Conscious Conversation hub. Uh, Craig's moved out into a new place just down the road really isn't it yeah um, a lot more ambient I would say the, the vibe is here compared to the other space where you've got windows all the way around and you've got beaming light coming in or it'll just be darkness because of the rain that happens in Manchester there's no drunk shouting around here there's no drunk which happened in the centre of town in the northern <laughs> quarter like you're there at night singing away and none of that it's just silent man wake up open windows the birds trees right outside and it's every morning it's like well, this is a representation of how you want to live, live your life and how you do live your life. So I guess it does tie in with the person you are. And now it's just mm. externalised a bit more. Are we going in there deep straight away? I know, yeah. <laughs> to say how our environment reflects where we're at and what we, the environments that we survive in or thrive or the ones that we keep ourselves in when we perhaps shouldn't. You know, fighting through what we say is right in the mind as opposed to what the needs of ourselves are. But yeah, before we get into things, man, how are you? How are you? Yeah, very well. I thought we'd just go straight into it <laughs> instead of going into all the uh, the intros and stuff. But yeah, um, it's been an interesting process the last six to eight months. Again, transforming into a different part of my life. Um, climbing as always, you know, and dropping a couple of kilos for climbing. I'm just really enjoying life and that aspect, but also working a lot and building obviously a foundation and a career on the other side which is quite nice but it's just obviously um, finding a balance between the two I think the first lockdown if there was one way to describe that lockdown I would say it was more to do with spiritual growth this lockdown I would say it's more to do with material growth in the sense of our day-to-day runnings how we you know live our lives admin how we maintain everything you know, we've got to understand the world that we live in. We, if we're not going to go off and be monks, then we're going to have to also participate in the world. And I think some people end up forgetting that part of their life, me included. Um, so I'm just adjusting to going back into living a, a lockdown-free life. Is that you? <laughs> yeah. There's always something that comes in the way. That's going to be our first cut. You know, I thought in the first podcast we won't have these issues, but clearly something's always remain the same. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll be back. <coughs> what was that? Parcel? Delivery. God, I was just saying, we thought a new start. Uh, we <laughs> probably won't have the old habits, um, but no. no. All habits remain the same. So as much as we were talking about growth, some things need to remain the same. <laughs> some things you just have to keep. Strong roots. Strong roots, yeah. You can't move away from your strong roots. Uh, what were we saying? So where you are, you've set new foundations, you're saying the lockdown is material-based for you rather than spiritual. After the first one spiritual, second one more yeah. material. And I think it's, more mean, it's been about integrating the two things together and trying to form some form of harmony. Um, yeah, it's in a new relationship, which is new for me because I've not been in a proper relationship for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the first 
I would say the first season of Conscious Conversation, I think we did probably two seasons because we had a break in between, but the first two seasons of Conscious Conversation was coming from the point of view of your own individual spiritual path. And now I think as we go down this season, we'll move into how to integrate that into your daily life, how to integrate it into your relationships, how to integrate it with you know your human interactions with people as well. So that'll be an interesting thing to listen to for our viewers or our listeners um but yeah back to what we were saying before um something i was talking to someone about the other day and i'm trying to figure out who it wasn't i think that's something else i'm losing at the moment i can't figure out who i'm having these conversations with whereas before it was just craig seaton the main spiritual <laughs> guy i was going to and everyone else was just like coming in and out so i could really trace the conversations and now it's just with everyone and i think someone was saying about um you know, how we're destroying the planet and stuff. Mm. And I said to him, oh, I know who it was. It was a friend of uh, Sonia's and we just sat together and we were just having a really deep conversation after uh, we went out for some food. And um, and I said to her, isn't it funny how the way we're treating the planet, uh, you know, we're destroying the planet in, in using fossil fuels irresponsibly, um, polluting the water that we're drinking, the foods, all the, uh, the additives and all the, par- the uh, toxins that are going into the foods that we're consuming. Isn't it funny how that's a reflection of the internal struggle that's happening on the inside? So how we are mentally, what we're doing to our bodies, the pollution that we're putting inside of our bodies, the, uh, the types of foods we're consuming. Um, because we treat our bodies in that way, we also treat the earth and the environment in exactly the same way and vice versa. So. It's exactly the same way. The way we're polluting the planet is also how we're polluting, polluting ourselves. Yeah, <clears throat> on that. Whew, cayenne pepper spicy, that, that <laughs> cacao. Um, yeah, I, I had the reflection a few weeks back and it was, it was similar in line with this, how the world <coughs> is always, the, the, the out world is a reflection of where we're at on the inner. And you think for what you're saying about the food we're putting in or how we treat the world. Also with like the mass destruction we do, or the fact that we use resources, you know, we, we use the crudest resource there is, we're taking the oil and burning the trees and, you know, the fact we have charities to reinstall safe protections for the forest mm. and that they have to struggle to get to that point. Like it shows the low level of consciousness of humanity of where we're at. It's, you know, we're literally burning our house down for profit. So we put profit before the future of our children mm. or the future of mankind, literally. Because we're definitely at a point, uh, and you'll be able to go into this uh, more intellectually than I can, but at a point in humanity where we know we don't need to be using those kind of fuels anymore, or even having the same system mm. of how society works, you know, in the split of rich and poor, or, you know, the upper class and low class and everything in between, in the sense of this, the category for that person or that, that uh, quality of, of living or a standard for a certain cast of people. That doesn't need to exist, I believe. And I think because we're programmed to have this one system, we could have thousands of systems, but we've got, here's this one system, here's who you vote for, left or right, here's the fuels that we're using and we're not changing and causing so much struggle. So when we have conflict or we think this isn't right, that's great because we're recognizing that within ourselves with also the conflicts and the the way that we treat those emotional aspects to ourselves. you know, tying this into the work that we do with breath work, where you're working on your traumas or, you know, it's such a big thing for people to not allow themselves to feel certain emotions. So if you can't allow yourself to cry, you know, because we're told not to cry, you can't express your anger, can't laugh, whatever it is, that will be represented in our external worlds. So we might not think we're the ones causing the damage, say in the sense of destroying the forest or using the crude oils, 
But when we reflect on internally what we're doing, that energy will be out somewhere in our life, which will manifest in unconsciousness. So it might just be, um, again, no judgments made here, but let's say we were eating meat all the time because that level of consciousness is in part of that cycle, fine. You know, we need to come across the information or the education to go, hmm, and then we resist everything at first, and then we go, oh, actually, maybe there is something in that if it's not being forced on us, but we're aware of it. So that would go from a state of unconsciousness of doing one thing to say, let's say, eat your meat constantly, and then going to eating it less or going into vegetables. Now, my own journey of that process was, I was big meat consumption until 25, is then I started to change. Up until that point, it's recognizing I was unconscious mm. and you can't see you're in it while well, you're in it. It's only when you've gone, you're swimming underwater, like, well, I'm underwater. And then you come up to the top and like, oh, there's air up here. And it's those levels of unconsciousness is what we do into the world in respect of, yeah, we need fuel, let's burn the trees. Yeah, we need oil. When we know there's electric cars out there, we know these reusable free energy sources that we've known since the 60s or prior, you know, the 30s maybe. Mm. But that stuff is suppressed <coughs> and not, not acknowledged. Um, and when this information is suppressed and acknowledged and we don't know about it, but we know there's something better out there, the confusion and the upset that that brings internally to us, it's like being suppressed, but we don't know what by. We just know there must be a better way of living. Mm. You can bring in mindfulness and being in the moment and acceptance of where it is with a healthy strive to go forward, which can take out you know the, the upset of the state of the world because we can get really bogged down with that kind of crap. Um, but always, yeah, looking in and looking for the next point and talking to different people or looking at different resources of information to bring us out of unconsciousness. And first by saying we are unconscious, we have to accept that to move through because if you, you know, it's like someone, if you tell someone they're stubborn, something that I can be very much so, someone will tell me I'm stubborn, Ab's my partner and she'll say, you're stubborn, I'll be like, no, I'm not stubborn. And like, why do I react that way? Oh, because I am. Yeah. And it's only when these things come in first where we have our natural resistance so we don't have to get too upset that we were resistant or we acted maybe angrily for, for my defense would be, I'm not stubborn. A bit of anger, oh, why is that there? Oh, cause I am and I don't want to acknowledge it. Mm. You know, or I want my reality to remain the same. So it's only through the unconsciousness, <coughs> which comes with pain to go, ah, now I can bring consciousness to that. But without sort of feeling, if we've got the ego or the mindset that goes, no, I'm perfect and life is my way and it should be like that. And I don't want to change. Essentially, I'm just using this comparison now is, I'm burning the trees and I'm using crude oil and you know, just these these kind of microscopic or macroscopic comparisons. I mean, what's, does that make sense? Is that, am I just spitting out my own world here or is it, is it comparable in other narratives? Um, well, what you just said there, I've also felt that with, I've been reading Sadhguru's Karma book, which is what we were just talking about previously um, before we started the podcast. And he says something that was really interesting for me, which is what I highlighted as well. Sometimes it's not your pain or your struggle that's causing what's happening out there on your initial instinct to react in a certain way. Sometimes it's all, it's, it can also be ancestral. So it could be passed on from previous generations. So they know it's known as ancestral pain. When a group of people still suffer, modern day people suffer the pain and the struggles of their previous ancestors. For example, what's happened with the blacks in the past, what's happened with the Native Americans in America in the past, the modern generation is still suffering because of the consequences of what's happened to their forefathers. It's just passed through memory. So that's something that's a, a big theme in Sadhguru's book. He's talking about memory and the transference of memory and how you have to break that cycle. You have to be the one person that says, I will not suffer the 
the pains and the struggles that my ancestors were going through. And it could it doesn't have to be so extreme in the sense of war and actual, you know, oppression of people. It could be something minute, but it's still affecting a large group of people. And it's very consistent amongst the same people, the same generation, the same type of lifestyles and habits that those same people are still doing. A large portion of that could be through um, memory and ancestral pain, which is what uh, Sadhguru, one of the definitions of karma is that, is we're using memory from the past to shape our decisions. So he's saying that to, to first become aware or conscious of that's what it is. So we were just talking about the struggles between you know religions and stuff, like if you're um, Hindu and Muslim and how that can also affect the modern generation in terms of decisions made for relationships and stuff. Um, and I think it's something that the individual has to stand up and say, I need to now move away from that, distance myself from what's happened in the past. It doesn't mean you forget it. You know, you acknowledge what's happened in the past, but some at some point you're going to have to say, I need to draw a line and I need to move away from that. So then whatever has affected us in the past isn't affecting us in the future. Because what happens is that memory is now passed on to the next generation of kids. And now those kids hate and resent other people for no reason and they don't know why. So we have to be the ones responsible for our own destiny if you want to use it or your own decisions to say I'm going to now move past this and say we can't do what we were doing in the past decisions have been made in the past for example back in the past we didn't know that fossil fuels were limited or we didn't know you know there's a certain amount of ignorance that goes towards it and information and education that's been sent around it we didn't know that it was a, a big issue until we found out that obviously burning of the fuels is causing damage to the environment to the atmosphere to everything that we're doing with breathing, the trees, etc. I think now we, we have to make that individual decision. I think we've said it many times in the past in this uh, in the podcast and also when we're just having conversations. It has to come from the individual responsibility to say, I'm going to now do something about it myself um, and not to almost to try and take the burden of the world on your, on your shoulders and to try and change everything in such a drastic way. And I think we're, we're living in times where people are trying to do that they're trying to make massive changes before making the changes themselves mm -hmm. so if you're going to go out there and do something and I think we've always mentioned John Peterson on this podcast but he, I think he's the one who really puts it right there he says that you know instead of trying to go out there and trying to change the world try and clean up your own room first try and deal with all the problems that uh, you're having in your life before you start to go out there and mm -hmm. you try to um, create these changes so I think again it comes back to starting from the individual level what are you doing that's causing you these insecurities or this anxiety that's popping up. I know a few of my friends, uh, I, don't, I don't want to mention their names, but they tend to post a lot on Instagram about the struggles that are happening in the world. But the problem with that is, how is that affecting you internally? Is it causing you more pain and suffering? Are you having sleepless nights because of being exposed to this type of news? Or is it actually benefiting you? Is it? Are you doing something forward to help what's happening? And I think we're getting too caught up in this idea of educating people. And through education, there comes this idea of, I know better than you. You need to now go out there and find out what's going on. And I think that's what's causing most of our, um, our own internal struggles. And it's affecting us in our own lives. Like, you know, how many people are having relationship problems because they're too worried about what's going on out in the world instead of dealing with their relationships. Really bad relationships with their kids, their partners, um, their parents. And I think it has to come down to those basic things. And people will ask the question, what is that going to resolve? If I focus on my relationships, my parents, etc., how is that going to 
save the planet from the problems that it's going through. Well, if more than one person does that, let's say half a million people do that on the planet, how do you think that will affect the planet? You know, we will have a, a different perspective of, of how to deal with life. We'll have a, a lot more compassion towards other individuals, towards creatures, to everything, just based on those basic principles of taking care of your own life. Um, and we also have to be careful that we don't fall into the pitfall of, when we say self-care, I think that word again has been used and abused in today's culture. Self-care has gone into narcissism. I think there's a very fine line between the two. And I think now it's leaning towards narcissism or self-absorption, which is about me, what, how, I'm, how I'm feeling about things in life, how it's affecting me, 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 me. And we have to be very careful that we don't go into that, those waters where it's all about me and how I feel about situations. Because I know it is about you, you know, because, you know, you, the first interaction you have with the world is through you, your senses, your perspective, your lens. But at the end of the day, if we cross over into narcissism, then it becomes all about us. The world revolves around our ideas instead of actually us adapting to how the world really is. Because we know there's one truth out there, out there and there's multiple ways of achieving that truth. But I think people will get way too caught up in being the truth themselves. They want to be the truth and their, their ideas and their views on the world has to be central. And I think there's too much of that going on as well. So how do you think people manage that in a world where that is, seems to be the theme? If you've got an issue, people encourage you to express it on social media and towards the world. Yeah, this is a... I mean, there's so much in everything you said that I want to go back into, whether it was mm. relationships and religion, um, our reflections on the world and how we're affected, ancestral healing, which is like seven generations, is it above <coughs> and seven generations yeah. below that we have an effect on, which is also why I believe there's always a black sheep in the family too to help, you know, cure and heal that, which mm. the family wouldn't do necessarily. But um, to go into what you said there was the expression that we get, and I... I'll use my my own self as an example for what we use social media for because I was you know the the TikTok which I've not I said the TikTok like I'm eight years old there bloody hell it's happening I'm turning into my dad it's happening um, you know seeing these these videos and these these funny dances that we do and and I was thinking like am I just being a grouch when I see this I'm like that's not for me because form of expression is it is it something repressed to me that's judging it because I want to dance you know and I'm not showing it out and it's like. There's also parts of ego that want to be seen and everyone's doing a trend, so I'll follow this way. Or just how, I mean, I don't use TikTok, but you know, the, the reels that are on Instagram now, and it's, it's, it's an interesting one, is what's genuine self-expression or what's a trend? And when I liken things to a trend, which obviously if it's a, a wildfire and everyone's doing it, it tends yeah. to be the trend. Yeah. Like what's the principle for? Why do we want to be seen in such a way? And there's so much involved with self-care now that it has become narcissistic and making it all about me like, it's it's branded now like it's okay to be sad it's you know and it is it really is but when we're seeing all the time super motivational quotes or it's okay to feel like this and if you want to say no it's da -da. yeah great but we can if it's all the time we're gonna internalize that and think yeah it is all about mm. me I've, and i believe that will soak in unconsciously too it's everything i do or my expression or i do this way or look at me or i need to do this it, it isn't considering the truth of the whole and now going in a massive uh, whole for myself about finding the truth um, I would uh, try and offensively I would offensively say it wasn't so much about the ego there could be elements of that but it was about I love the universe and life and space and consciousness and you know I mean you know and I'm sure people who listen know that that's, that's kind of the way I'm entailed to follow mm. 
So to go to see the I want truth, to know the ultimate truth, actually became a hindrance at a point um, because I can't know the ultimate truth. And that's what I've sort of come into acceptance and easing off from this struggle of going, I, I must know all, the search for enlightenment is easing off and going, I've got to let that be out of my hands. All I can do is align my own virtues to raise energy. So I would just try and see things as, as energy now, not right or wrong. What's the energy bringing and is it good in me? Um, is it, you know, even if it's anger or sadness, leave it. It doesn't mean anger and sadness are bad. It means, oh, I'm feeling that energy is, do I allow it or do I reject it? You have to allow and to work with it. Um, but yeah, if we're going into this narcissistic view of life is just about me, I've got an example, actually, a friend of mine was supposed to meet another friend, um, but she doesn't like to make plans because um, she's going into this phase where it's like, oh, you know, it's I, I don't make plans. I'm a free spirit, you know, and all this kind of narrative, which is, is characters that we play. As always, we've got to play the pendulum to understand what that feeling is before we can readjust. So again, that's why we always have to refrain from judgment, but can give honest advice like, man, what you're doing there's a little too far out or, oh, you tried doing this, you know? And we can only offer advice because we can't impose our truth onto somebody else because we're at stages and layers of truth and consciousness all over the show, which is why that search for compassion and understanding and empathy, but authenticity about where we're at as well, because that can, can help people. Doesn't mean it needs to, or it might not. That's why it's such a, an interesting field of coming from yourself, but open to where the worlds are and trying to help you know, the light side grow as such without rejecting darkness. Um, tailed off really big here, but to come back to understanding, yeah, that the troubles that we have with ourselves and finding that truth, if we're thinking it's just about me and what I'm doing with my feelings and where it, where it's at, we will forget everybody else. Mm. And the social media uh, movement, which is so useful and helpful, becomes very destructive because here's what I'm doing. I, I'll check myself when I'm doing a post. I was like, what's this for? An example, actually, um, I, I it must have been last year at some point, and I was struggling because I, I struggled to express what I'm sad about or upset or, you know, you've got to remain calm and balanced and all this stuff that gets in the way at times. And I put a post on how uh, upset I was and it. I'd cried and gone through this thing because for me it was quite, it was very um, revolutionary to, 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 to express that way. Mm. And a friend of mine, he said, you know, why, why did you post that? What are you putting that out for? And sort of gave me some thought on it about why he thought you shouldn't do those things. And time going on and I reflect and go, you know what? It was right for me to express that way. Mm. Um, somebody else's truth who saw it, they might be fine to, to internalize these things that way, but I did have to express that, or at least that path took me to express it. And it, it fixed things to allow me to open up in ways that I wouldn't open up. So that's when I think this self-expression on social media is useful. It's just if we get stuck into this of, here I am doing this dance again and again, or here I am talking about this thing or not, allowing space or adjustment or following a trend so it's it's a tricky one to get through but ultimately are we bringing something good out of for for spirit and for connection or is it coming from look at me come mm. come look at me times we need to be seen but are we being seen healthily mm. or will we be seen because i want to feel like i'm special yeah. i want you to notice me here's my dinner you know these nonchalant not nonchalant not the word but these really unpassive things we trivial that we don't need is like here's my dinner Right, cool. And here's my breakfast. I'm like, why, why do we need to continue to show here's what my daily life is like mm. other than for gratification, for you to know what I'm doing? For what? If it's not bringing these helpful things or it's not a genuine expression, it's just, oh, my, my phone's itchy and the dopamine wants to go. So I'll press that button and I'll go, fuck it, here's my, my thing. You know, um, mm. 
And there'll be still elements of myself that do that. So it's not a full judgment on where the world at. It's like, we've got these tools and these ways to understand. And I love what you said before about the burning of the fossil fuels and the trees is we didn't recognize what we were doing. And now we do, we have to be conscious about it. Mm. So perhaps we have to be conscious now about what we're saying on social media and why we're doing it or why we're looking for these forms of expression, which never existed prior. So this could be the swing off years and years of suppression and repression to go yeah. look at everything I'm doing and then we'll come back down and, and calm it out a little bit and make it more progressive but again it depends conscious levels people around us education etc yeah so to add to what you just said there um, it just made me think of something when you're when a person perceives you in a certain way when a group of people perceive you in a certain way they expect a certain result from you like when you're saying all these things about your internal struggles I've never met Craig in that situation I've never seen you when we're having conversations when we're having dialogue when we're hanging around with each other I've never seen that side of you I've, to- I've heard you talk about what you've been going through um, but I've never actually addressed you when you've, when you've been going through that so even to this stage I have a perspective of Craig Seaton mm. you know I know Craig Seaton as this breathwork teacher spiritual guy very chilled I never get to see the other half and maybe that's a detriment to uh, our interactions as well but because of that, there's this idea that there's no way this person should be going through this or should be expressing this. So when you then post something that is completely out of what you normally post, people think, hmm, is this person posting this for attention or what's the reason or I don't think this person should be posting this? Um, and I know there's a friend, a common friend of ours who went through something similar, a breakup, and she posted of a video of her dancing and her, all of her videos, and she's a lot bigger on social media than we are, all of her videos were consistent about doing one particular thing and all of a sudden she had this random video of her just dancing in the middle of the room off of the camera um, and I get it like she did it because she just thought I'm just going to record it and post it and she had a couple of posts and people saying that have you posted this on the wrong so- um, Instagram have you not got like a personal one you should post this on because I'm expecting this certain type of video from you um, and, and I think she responded as in you know I don't have to I'm not doing this for anyone else. I'm just doing it because it's my form of expression and the, all, all, all her main stuff that she posts anyway, she's doing that as a form of her expression and her passion. And if she randomly posts a video of her doing other things, it shouldn't really affect her, but it did affect her, mm. just based on what the response was. And it made me think, when people see you, Craig, it's like, we know you as this breathwork teacher, as a spiritual te- uh, healer, and how people look up to you. So when you have that moment of vulnerability, people automatically assume no 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 that can't be Craig and I've seen that in people and I've said I said it to one of my friends who who just just started getting into the the path of Brahmacharya and I said whatever's led you to this path he told me this amazing story of how he wasn't spiritual just went to India um, and went to a place called Sarampur which is where this temple has been created and there's a there's a shrine of Hanuman um, the Hindu god and his presence in that temple is really intimidating and deep and you can feel the energy um, and he had a dream about Hanuman and everything that had gone on so he went through this experience and you know someone he said a couple of these uh, Brahmins travelled 180 kilometres 180 miles to come see him you know and I think it was like nine of them who came just to see him because they heard about him and all this his, his dream and everything but then I said you've got to be careful that you don't buy into your own hype yes this thing has happened to you yes it makes you slightly special but don't buy into your own hype because what you'll use is you'll use that as your way of defining yourself so for example in my situation 
I was told that I should ideally be taking the path of a monk because that's how I'm lined, mainly. There's parts of me that don't align with that yet. Maybe in a, in a future lifetime, I will probably completely leave the path of a householder and, and take the reins of a monk, but not in this one. And I almost believe my own hype because I was like, I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to do that. And anytime I did something that didn't align with that path, it made me feel guilty. So I'm like, I'm buying into this thing mm-hmm. and I'm also selling it. It's not one, it's one thing for someone to say that to you and you just keep it in the back of your head and you keep it inside of you. It's the other thing is to try and tell people, oh, this is what's happened to me. You know, you're trying to tell people how special you are. And I think that's a pitfall in its own self, that you tell people how great you are. And I said, the one thing I've learned from the last lockdown to where we are right now, in terms of spirituality, is to let go of all that shit. Don't ever compliment yourself. Don't ever give your give yourself the opportunity to compliment yourself. Let other people say whatever they want about you. Tell them how great, they'll say how great you are for what you've done for them. Fine, acknowledge that, say thank you and respect what they're saying, but don't let that become another layer of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as, even the tiniest thing, if someone just says, oh Craig, you know, right now you've made cacao and I don't normally drink uh, these things. Never drinks anything. I don't drink anything. <laughs> Not even water, right? Yeah. And it's, it tastes amazing. I can just say to you, Craig, you know, you've made it really well. And, you know, it's a tiny little thing and you might think, oh, I'm, thank you. You know, it feels great. Acknowledge as that, but don't allow that to be a part of your layer to be like, oh, now I'm a great cacao maker. <laughs> yeah, I'm the cacao connoisseur. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, a brewer. And uh, it's just something like that, something very trivial you take on and you allow it to become you. Or someone just makes a compliment and says, you're climbing well, you know, you're getting better at climbing these high grades and you now you think you're an amazing climber or something. And it's not bad, it sounds very, it sounds like we're picking on something that's tiny, but it can grow. It can grow into something that, that you can't control. And when it does grow into that, then people see you as that. Yeah. And because you keep pushing the idea, like for example, for me, handstand guy, calisthenics guy, and now I'm not really in into that sort of realm. I don't do that stuff myself, but I train people in that. But... Now that I I've become that person, it's hard to distance myself from that person until you take the conscious decision to say, okay, I'm no longer that person anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And it, once you get to that stage, I think that's when life becomes a bit more freeing for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Open. Yeah, well said, mate. I think it's that, you know, if you, and this is it with social media too, because we, we want these certain things to be what we present and what we offer. Um, like breath, you know, my Instagram, I choose it to just be about breath, but I will also put other things that I do in there, my bow staff or like that, that honest expression, because if the image has been created that we are on social media, and when I say we are, I mean all of us, like, mm. look how great this is, or look who I am, I'm, I'm about this. It's, it's fine if you separate that, like I could just have Instagram about breath work and, and leave it be and not make anything of it other than it's the platform to share breath work and to talk about the events. But I do like to put myself in there as well to, to show the full range of, of all that a human is. Because if we just define ourselves by that one thing that, say, is the special thing or the thing we love and the ego will take it and go, this is who I am. And it's that's why I like to be honest. As you said, you might not see myself in those states other than in conversation, which that's why it's a testament to be able to talk about the things that we that, that happen outside, you know, mm. outside of ourselves that isn't just about the image because I was doing that at a point and I was doing it not just for the world to see, but for me, like I wanted to be these things mm. which made me reject and uh, push away the, the darker sides of myself and the things where, no, I can't cry. And, you know, it's all, all what my fears are. Like I've been a drug addict, been a sex addict and these things have consequences in the future. And if you go, no, 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 it's not true. It's not real. Or, 
you know I don't want to tell people when I've cried and things like that it's like you're not a full human being and we're, we're portraying them just look at the perfection of the image that I, I will display on social media mm. or I will only talk to this person about certain things rather than yeah I've fucked up a lot in my life and these hard things and it's not just what you see and that's why it's nice to bring in other elements of the multifaceted sides that we have of our truths mm. because we've all have mistakes we all have issues we all have troubles and when we just say that no things are perfect or you know I, I here's the image I want you to see it will only damage us over time so what, what I learned and what I try and stick with and hence you know these conversations or even to be able to talk about it um, whether it's on a podcast or it's just to somebody you know you think what are your the, the parts that we hide or the darkest secrets can you tell somebody mm. can you tell that per, even if it's just a person closest to you I mean there's stuff that I couldn't even write in a diary because I, I wanted to reject it that much therefore I'm dismissing reality I'm not acknowledging reality and that's only through attachment of I don't want to feel that I want to feel like this or yes. I want to be seen like that so if there's attachment to those elements we can't how are we going to get to liberation it's like what is your ultimate goal? And I think we're fortunate in that we we love the spiritual lifestyle, you know, almost to a deficit where we don't bring it into the world, but it's something we're both working on quite well is to, you know, the label of being, I want to be a monk and go to them. We both feel like that. Mm. Perhaps we've done that in past lives. That's why we're here to integrate the knowledge or the passion we have for spirituality into the, into the, the, uh, what, the, the, the layman's world. So who knows? That's why you've got to go off your heart and where you're at and, try to not hide or suppress and be open and free. And I always think the people that I admire and look to are those who are just open and they can be teaching the class and they go, so, oh yeah, I did this once into this thing, or I'm struggling with that. It's like, fuck, you're a human as well. And then we don't idolize and put things above. Yes. And once we've seen that enough times, we go, guess what? You're everything. You're the whole universe. You know, you're the sun and the fire, or the explosions or the anger or the wars or the, mm. the tears or the floods or the beauty of the trees. And it's all in there. So when we dismiss the elements that we don't like about ourselves or we reject or we hide, we're cutting off a part of the world or mm. a part of the universe. It's like, no, it's okay. We've yeah. just got to talk and express and find a nice point through it, which is why there's a you here and there's other people in the world. It's not just my journey. It is from what I experience, but I can open that and free that. And you can't open it and free it if you're denying certain elements of it or you don't want that to happen. Like you reflect on it, forgive yourself, know what you can do to change it. And then you don't have to hold it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like the Buddha would say, if you've got that burning coal in your hand, you know, that's what anger is. Like anger's hurting you. It's burning you if we keep and maintain it so you can let it go. But you can't let it go if you're like if you're so used to that heat in your hand all the time you're like no this is how I am and I wish it wasn't there but it is like stop holding it acknowledge it feel mm. it and let it go yeah yeah it goes into this idea of caricatures and it just made me think about it when he was talking about social media it's that's all social media is what, even books when you read a book about something it's just a caricature of a perspective of someone's life at some point um, the issue is we become so aligned with these books, whether it's spiritual books or the self, you know, self-development books, etc. We become so aligned with those views because those views are a reflection of how we feel in that moment in time or solutions that we want to, to try and instill in our lives or trying to achieve in our lives. But the problem is when we idolize it, we, we do exactly what we said. We take the human element out of it, which is what about the other side? What about the false perspective? And I think you've got that opportunity on social media to do that. But at the same time, if you just acknowledge it as a caricature of a person and not the full package, then generally speaking, you won't hit resistance. So, for example, if you're presenting yourself as a breathwork teacher on the Internet and, you know, once in a while you put out there 
some of the little struggles that you're going through. Um, as long as, as a person, as a viewer, or as a as a follower of you, I see that you know there are parts of you that are on social media that, generally speaking, are not massively talked about and not massively expressed by you. And I see once in a while, I accept that you're going to have this moment where you're going to present something that's slightly different or completely out there from what you normally put there, then it won't be an issue. There won't be an internal struggle for me. There won't be a rigidity for me to believe that there's no way Craig could also be human. <laughs> that's basically what it is. It's down to that. And we've also done that with prominent characters of the past. You know, the people that we label as gods, Krishna, Jesus, uh, Buddha, Gautama Buddha, uh, Mahatma Gandhi human, humans that were still humans we, they still had their flaws and they, they almost we've created these um, texts and they're, they're amazing texts that tell you stories about these people autobiographies um, the Bhagavad Gita the, the, you know, the, the philosophy of life you know these things that were written down eventually um, we still it's still a snapshot of a way of thinking about life and yeah one snapshot is shows a greater perspective of life but at the same time it's still a perspective of life and you you choose to whether you choose to either adopt that perspective of life and try and integrate it as much as possible and we always talk about trying to experience all the things that are mentioned in these books even if Gandhi's talking about his struggles with trying to um, confront the British Empire and trying to get the independence of India try and reflect that try to integrate that into your life as well because at some point you're going to go through some form of struggle that needs this kind of determination of how to deal with life and I think if you see it as that then you have way more respect and more, more admiration for what the person has been going through um, and I think Sadhguru said that multiple times in the past and especially in this book of uh, karma where he says all these people that talk about karma as in oh that, that's that person's karma uh, so, so the one example that he uses quite prominently is say you see some kids struggle on the street like you go to India and you see these kids struggle on the street and you you know you don't know how to react to that um, so you go talk to some local about it the person says oh don't worry about that they have they're always there you know that's always just been a part of life and you know just don't don't mind them too much but when it's your child when it's that person's child and struggling with those same things then what happens the karma goes out the window mm -hmm. then you want to do everything possible to try and help this person out why because it has some sort of relation to you so it's how it makes you feel and how it affects you. That's what the problem is. We can't seem to have that perspective on other individuals. We just seem to have it based on how we feel about individuals that belong to us or that we have some sort of connection with. I think that's where the pitfall comes in, where we can have this inhumane separation between everything that's going on in life and what's in our bubble. As long as it's beyond our bubble, we don't care about. But when it's a part of our bubble, that's when the struggle starts. So how do we have a relationship with that so I think that goes into social media and how do you have interactions with people on social media that you try and understand that this person might not be the, the, the presentation or the perspective this person is giving me is not the full perspective but it's giving me something that I align with and it's helping me out and if you accept it as just that then whatever they present that's beyond that doesn't have a massive knock-on effect or it doesn't make you think wait a second maybe this person shouldn't post these sort of things it doesn't have that negative sort of reaction inside of you so maybe it's something that we need to also address when it comes to dealing with managing social media and the uh, the characters that are presented on social media mm -hmm. yeah so what's the whole purpose and why are we saying what we're saying and it's keeping ourselves in check because if people wanted to just maybe that person who would be posting lots of dancings all the time has experienced just that complete suppression mm -hmm. you know and they've never been able to be out there in these 
the social media and I really believe it has you know because they've been seeing people who you know do whatever they want to do on social media because of the trend which has helped them come out mm. so that's a great thing right that's a really good thing but it's seen when that tool has served us it's like oh you know I can I can dance in front of people if it's just on my camera and then maybe that'll help me dance out in public mm. and be looser and you know dancing in with other people like the the British culture of the arm on the side. You know, this is how I used to dance in the clubs, just like, not like this, on hillbilly in a way, but you know, just at the side, bopping the feet until you're yeah. drunk and then you, you know, you go into what you want. But that was all because of this tension inside that doesn't want to be seen doing something wrong or it doesn't know how to, and you're literally just moving your body. So the self-consciousness with that. Social media, I think, can help remove that away. It's just, there's definitely the dangerous trap of us falling into this thing mm-hmm. of like, everyone's doing it, so I'll do it or well, I'm dancing just because other people are, rather than what does my expression want? And we don't even have to use social media at all. I think mm. that is a great way to map it out and go, oh, can I do it in my real life when these things aren't around it? I'm not doing it for the camera. And however we get to that process, great. You know, it's, I remember for my st- myself as well, whether it was when I started with my bow staff, you know, my, my lightsabers and my nunchucks, is like when I was filming that and I put that on Instagram, social media first, I remember thinking, how many videos do I want to take before the one that I want to put out, you know, and all these outtakes. And now that's gone. But that was a part of the process too, which is still the self-conscious and reflectionist. Like I always struggled with doing what I want to do um, and even owning up to doing what I want to do, which would be the bow staff, for example, such a small thing, but it was massive in my world to learn this and then to share it out, big deals. So it's very helpful in that. But what I could do is run away with it and go like, here's my videos I'll be doing all the time. Fine if it is my life and my career, but it's not. It's something I enjoy and like to do. And it doesn't need to be filmed all the time, but it's when these elements come in that go, if it's not seen by somebody else, it's not got value. Mm. And that is really dangerous. And that's where, if it doesn't have value, if it's not seen, God, like that is complete narcissism, isn't it? It's complete a case of you have to acknowledge me for me to feel worth. Mm. And yeah, elements of that first definitely was self-expression because I I can struggle. I struggled a lot with that, and I, I help clients with that now because I went through that. So it's going into the the unconscious parts, the unhealthy parts, and making them healthy and saying, ah, I had to express in such a grand way for the world to see. And now I can just do it for me or what feels good. Mm. So again, it's the refrain of the judgment, but being always cautious of where we're going with what we're doing and has it run too crazy, you know? Has mm. it gone too far? Do you not find it's also because we have, um, we've lost touch with our childlike quality? Because um, I think there was an example, uh, I don't know who mentioned it, it might be Jordan Peterson as well, but he said that um, you get a child you know, you, you, you're observing your child just dancing and just messing around. You'll notice that once in a while, the child will be able to just dance on its own without anyone being there and it'll just enjoy itself mm. and it'll, it'll express itself in whatever way it wants to. But you might see that and think, oh, this kid's got the moves. I need to show other people. So you bring your your relatives over and you're like, kid, dance. Well, Alan Watts. Perform. Yeah, Alan Watts talks about this and the child just goes, nah, I'll just dances and then feels nervous and yeah. doesn't want to do it anymore. So you've taken away something that was pure and you've slapped, you've almost slapped a lens on it, but the lens doesn't have to be, oh, let me put this out there on social media. It's still, let me make this a circus act so people can come around and watch this thing happen and make the person the center of attention. So you put this child in the middle and you get the child to dance and the child either does it very sloppy or just doesn't dance at all because of you know the, the, I, the, the pressure of being watched. So I find that process interesting because we have that and then we eventually lose that because we have a period of life where we have to be now become an adult 
and we have to obviously we have, we've, got, we've got responsibilities and we've got to pay the bills and we also know, we need to know how to survive in the world but once you've got those skills once you've found something that you enjoy or once you found a job that you find you know what it's paying the bills and I can also express myself in other ways once you've done that you have to now rediscover the child you have to reintegrate that child find him or find her and reintegrate it back into your your system because if you don't then the wonder and the majesty of life walk, walks past you or it just flashes by and you don't do anything about it and then one day you wake up and you realise that you know, you're 65 years old and you've just let all that time go and you remember a time when you were a child and you could express yourself fully and yet for a good portion of your time you could never do that so it eventually comes back to bite us in the arse if we don't somehow forget finding the child but even try to find that childlike quality again um, and it's so sad to see so many people uh, that I, you know people that I haven't seen in a long time uh, for example kids from my high school that were good friends of mine you know I met a friend last year um, it'd been 10 years since we spoke and uh, you know as much as we've grown apart he at least kept his childlike quality whereas all my other friends that he's still kept in touch with some of them have lost that quality and like well that's not the person I knew that creative bubbly child that was there at the age of 14 mm -hmm. has now disappeared and become this miserable man and you know I, put, I get it but there's responsibilities and things that you need to do you've got they've got kids now and you know they've got bills to pay but if you don't find that wonder again the life just doesn't open up its opportunities for you and opportunities not in the sense of trying to make money or trying to gain something in life but just in the sense of managing how to live through life because at the end of the day um, I remember just listening to Sadhguru uh, talk about this in his book but also he did a video about it he said that someone asked Buddha is life suffering and Buddha said the answer is no um, and this person was baffled that Buddha gave such a response and he said his life isn't suffering because life is based on if you want it to be suffering for you whatever situation whatever circumstance you go through if you choose it to be suffering and you deal it with deal that situation as suffering then all it will be for you is suffering you'll have small glimpses of glimpses of happiness but all most of your life will just be suffering so you have to somehow find joy and, and peace and, and enjoyment out of things through life um, and if you have that lens that everything is just you know an opportunity for you to try and grow and enjoy yourself then life isn't suffering life is joy um, and I found that same correlation to what we're just talking about right now which is finding that childlike quality once you found it because you know everyone remembers a time as a child that they were happy and they didn't have the pressures of life on them it's just now trying to rediscover that with the idea that you still have to live with certain restrictions or certain sort of ways so then you can still pay your bills um, and to try and find the quality. And I think we've, we talked about this in a, in, a ver, in a podcast a very long time ago, which is trying to be the jack of all trades, become the ultimate generalist instead of trying to specialize, you know, instead, instead of trying to specialize in one particular thing. Because through specializing, yes, you become really good at it and you might become the only person in the world that's, you know, that top level. But you also lose the part of you where because you've dedicated so much time and effort into it you're just known as that person and you have no other way of interacting with the world so when you drop off the radar the example i would use here is athletes that go to their top level once they've done that they've retired because it's only a certain period of time you can go that hard once you retire the only thing that people remember you is is that former athlete that was great and that's all you live off of you know it's sad that you have to live off that and there's no other ways of expressing yourself so you become a professional golfer and you retire 
and you try another sport and you, you don't achieve anything in that sport you don't get that same level of fame and that plays on your mind and this is one of the reasons why I find Michael Jordan really inspiring obviously a lot of people say what he's done in his basketball career and then as he transitioned to, towards baseball he didn't have the same success or impact I have a lot of admiration for that the fact that he decided to go you know what I'm done with basketball you know I've, I've done all I can with basketball I'm going to move on to something that is slightly different and maybe it'll challenge me and maybe I'll fail at it and that's what happened he failed at it but to, to take that leap of faith into something that's the unknown is definitely more admirable because mm. it's shining a different perspective on how people view you you know people will say but, uh, John, uh, Michael Jordan the amazing basketball player the Hall of Famer but they'll rarely ever say Michael Jordan the guy who t- tried baseball at and, you know <laughs> Well, people will say it as a negative thing, but it's a great thing to do uh, because you've done something that people wouldn't have ever dreamed to ever do, you know, which is change perspectives, change lifestyles, change careers in such a... In a time where he was peaking, he was at his peak and decided to do it. You know, it wasn't like he was tailing off. He was at his peak and decided to change careers. That's, that's something that's rare. And I think we can all take something from that maybe integrate that into our lives and it doesn't have to be that you don't have to be suddenly give up your job that you've been doing for 30 odd years you know but at least try and integrate something on the side that you can also put that same passion that same intensity towards that but also bring that playful quality back which is well this is not really my career so I don't really have any pressures on me to try and achieve this where you get the other response which is well I've gone hard at this which means I'm going to have to go hard at this I'm going to have to go hard at this that's the only way people know how to interact with the world and that's another sad process as well because you can't let go of this idea that you have to go in that same intensity Um, but yeah I think that sort of perspective also has many consequences in other aspects of your life whether it's relationships whether it's your you know your interactions with your friends etc some people just need to have that intensity um, and to be fair, you know, whatever it is, it's your thing. But for us, you know, our forms of expression is how do we do it in the most playful way as possible? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's my little ramble. <laughs> I don't know what that was about, and it just kind of came out. Um, but I think you said something about anger as well, and I found that fascinating. I found this kind of system to deal with anger, and I've shared it around, and it's from a, a monk friend of mine. He says, when you interact with anger, you should do it in three ways. The last way you should try and make sure you don't ever get to that stage. But see anger as, you. let's say you and I have a scuffle, you know, we have an argument. Um, the way to deal with that argument is to make sure that it never crosses from the, the, the point of view of drawing a line in water. So you draw a line in water, within a couple of seconds, the line disappears. Because the water, obviously, the particles interact and it covers the line up, so the line disappears. That's how our argument should be. You know, they say monks argue they hate each other sometimes, but they never let that argument go beyond drawing a line in sand. So one level higher than water is sand. You draw your finger in sand, within a few minutes, maybe maybe a few hours, when the water comes across, or when the winds blow across, the line in sand will disappear and it'll just level itself out again. But you never want to draw a line in steel. Because when you draw a line in steel, you have to carve a line in steel, and that is way more permanent. So now in order to get rid of that line, you have to melt the steel, you have to make sure that you're leveling it off and it has to disappear in that way. So in the same way, if you have anger that builds in those three levels, never let it go beyond the line sand. Because it will eventually ease itself off if it doesn't do it by the end of the day, it'll do it in the next couple of days. 
But if it ever gets to a point where now you've drawn a line of steel, it's going to take a lot more effort, a lot more work now to try and get rid of that because then it'll leak into other parts of your life. So I thought that's such a great, healthy way of dealing with interaction. So, you know, you get yourself in a situation where you're going to argue with someone or whatever, whatever happens, ask yourself that question, you know, stop yourself and ask yourself the question, have I drawn a line in water, sand, or has it now crossed over to steel? And try and make sure you minimize the amount of times it crosses over into steel mm. to a point where you no longer have that. And I think you and I are probably there or thereabouts in life where it rarely ever crosses over into steel. You know, you I think it's, it's knowing um, where the, those steel lines are within yourself. You know, the, it's, mm. it's a good example of within arguments of other people. But um, those blocks that we have within, to so say that what you were saying about the inner child stuff and, and being fun and free and that, if you can't be an inner child, there's a steel line somewhere, which mm. is why that expression is very difficult at times because you can't get past the steel line. Mm. Um, whether it's through the fear of ridicule or you don't feel good enough or, you know, or even from what we're saying, you might think, oh, if I do that now, I'm showing off. It's like, you've got to know your lines yourself. If you want to do that dance and put it on Instagram, don't sort of absorb the views that we're saying because it might be right for you to do that. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. we're, we're generally talking and overviews. So it's, this is what the point of being your self authority is. And when you can become more playful, which is what Michael Jordan did, he's not got that steel line worth. He's literally became the world's greatest basketballer, became the world's greatest at something and then gone, right, it's time to do something else now because he's not got the rigidity mm. and the stiffness that goes, no, no, you've got to keep doing this because I want to keep that image yeah. and I'll do it until I die so I'm known as that. And if I fail in something else, then I won't be remembered for that. And it's like, that thought track, is, it's, it's, it takes your life away if you can't be open and go to mistakes and failure. And failure is so important. Like, you could probably get... Uh, the average American then or Jordan fan is going oh he's doing baseball now he's crap he shouldn't have done that and mm. uh, he's not the god you thought he was which is the important part we're not the gods that we, the projections we put on other people of being perfect the caricatures yeah so you have to know that you are all these things and if you're capable of doing that your life experience needs to come over what you want other people to see or what you want other people to take from you because mm. they have to find their own way too and that's why the example of doing what Michael Jordan did is great or like you know, Conor McGregor when he lost that fight mm. you know and people could then go oh yeah he lost he's not as good as I thought he was or you know I mean I used to hear loads about him don't, don't follow the fighting around but you'd hear about him all the time and then when he felt I've not heard anything about him for a mm. long time when it was after losing that fight and because people's then like expectations or desires for this heroic icon that they've put above everything else is no longer that that's the same when our parents let us down or our partner's done something we don't like and then we, you know, we project onto them, oh, I can't believe you did that. But it turns out they're human and it turns out they can be more human than we can when we can't allow them to fail because we don't allow ourselves to. And it's not sealing <coughs> failure as a negative, it's sealing failure as a part of the product of achieving, moving in to yeah. something, you know? Um, whether we're afraid to go to that yoga class for the first time or... To, to, to speak up for the first time or whatever it is, we've got to go into that to allow, oh yeah, failure's gonna come with it, so I'm gonna fall on my ass, great. When you don't have a problem with that, you're absolutely winning, which mm. is why those people who can do that, I you know I take a lot from that and try to integrate it into myself. You go, yeah, failure's good. You can't think you're gonna be, like what you said before, you did the, the first yellow at climbing and how you never thought it was gonna be a possibility. Mm. You'd never got to that if you hadn't struggled on level one of climbing or mm. fell or didn't know what to do. Like, how else are you gonna get, how else will Michael Jordan 
become the top player he didn't stop when he missed a shot and he was laughed at by his friends at some point without a doubt he took yeah. a shot like, oh, I can't believe you missed that if he was you know from low self esteem or in an inferiority complex he'd be like oh shit my mates laughed at me I'm not going to do that again you know I was great all the other time but that time because mm. I think I should be better than that you know and it's all of that stops you from them being the, the killing of the potential that every single human has in whatever sphere they want to <coughs> have it in um, and it's you know also that that form of perfectionism that we crave and why we love authority outside of ourselves and hierarchy systems or we trust the government or a doctor who generally knows nothing about health and well-being um, here take these medicines or da, da, da. I'm not saying doctors don't know but you know from, from the pharmaceutical aspect mm. of going rather than how's your lifestyle how's the food how's what do you do it's just take these and get these done or Easy let's go straight so. into this surgery or what I remember myself having cartilage uh, put into my nose because I couldn't breathe properly and this doctor surgeon I, he was just like yeah what you need is this this and this did the surgery didn't change any changed it for like a week and didn't change anything after that and all it was was something in my diet mm. that was causing me blocked sinuses you know and it's this level of awareness that um, in certain fields if you look at something from a mindset like a doctor will look at one thing one way uh, <laughs> Uh, physicist will look at something, not physicist, sorry, um, a physiotherapist mm-hmm. will look at something another way, a chiropractor will look at the ailment another way, and uh, a holistic protector will look at it another way, and it's like, we have to try these other things out to find a natural um, balance of what it is that we're looking for without just dependence on this point of authority outside itself. Mm-hmm. We go to collect the information, and we are trusting of it, sometimes naively, is okay I'll just go down there and that person will tell me what to do but yeah. they're only saying from their end like spirituality if I, I, I absolutely adore Buddhism and I listen to what Buddhism say but I have to understand that's just the Buddhist philosophy and mindset that's grown mm. from that style of practices as you would say from Hindu um, or not none at all or atheist like we're all if we retire to a mindset why are we in that does it actually serve us or is it just ingrained anyway because the authority of parents and society that we except when we were kids has trained us that way mm. and then to be coming to yourself which requires it's okay to fail don't mind if people laugh maybe I can laugh at myself or I'm willing to be wrong and have these conversations that's freedom and we think freedom is going to come from if I just keep pushing on and discipline and go great 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 and know all but it's not you have to be great at failing you have to be good at failing or letting go or yeah man being good at being wrong He's so free. Like, mm. I, it was such a wonderful thing for me when I dropped my issues with perfectionism and trying to have a certain thing because that actually causes more problems than it will bring a solution for. So when we can be like, yeah, and I still pour it's wrong, you can drop everything. You drop so much weight and your body will feel it and you'll know it. And yeah, if we can't get good at failing or admitting where we've gone wrong or what our true issues are, yeah. we're going to be stuck for a long time. It's just adapting to situations, isn't it? Um, it's nice to have an orientation or, or a life goal or something to aim for, but it's just really becoming water-like or fluid to try and get there. Even the terminology, when you mentioned your friend who's a free spirit, even certain terminology, I think, well, all terminology will limit you in some form or way. And that's why I've never really been good at expressing my feelings through um, talking because you never find the right word to, to kind of describe what you're feeling. So I think it's moving away from that and just being like, it's okay to just express and not having to tell people how you feel or how you want to express. Um, 
and yeah the free spirit thing is quite interesting because there are many connotations that attached to a free spirit and generally speaking people assume that it means and maybe it is a, a one form of perspective but people assume that it means that you have no um, attachment to to boundaries and etc and this and that and it's great but you've got to remember you have one attachment to a boundary which is your body you know to go beyond this is true freedom and the reason why you are manifesting as a human being or as whatever you are is because you are some some way some form you've got certain attachments towards certain boundaries which is keeping you human which is keeping you in this body right now so you've got to learn what are those boundaries what are those freedoms I'm seeking and like you said with your friend you know sometimes you don't need to plan but you can't live like that all the time you can't just be like I'm not going to plan anything so how would you go on holiday then you just can't just rock up to an airport and be like I'm going to holiday and this is kind of my point in it is this person's on that other side of the pendulum where they're thinking well I'm a free spirit and you need to be around when I want you to be around because I don't make plans and if you're not there when I am and this was the, the example if you're not there when I am like you, you better be there and it's like well hold on you can have this free spirit attitude but you can't expect everybody else to then fall into your free spirited plans. Yeah. And to say you don't make plans is not true. You go to work at 9am in the morning, you finish at five, you eat your dinner, you will, whatever the, the, your organization is, is a plan. Mm-hmm. And it's pushing that out on other people. You can be the free spirit if you want, but- Live alone. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's it, yeah. you know? Don't, don't deal with people, don't handle things. Yeah. Oh, be the free spirit, but don't push that onto other people. Allow that they have plans and whatnot. And if yours doesn't coincide with them, fine. Don't get angry or upset because, well, then you're not a free spirit anyway because you're already pushing. I'm a free spirit, so the world should be. And they should acknowledge how I live. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, you're completely self-absorbed, narcissistic in that view that you're not allowing. In fact, unaware, there's a world out there and it's just about you just about me and how I operate like how we both are with time we can be a little bit slack and a little bit late with time right? a little bit is an understatement <laughs> yeah I mean it's something we work on it's something I'm, I'm yeah. going to spend yeah. my next uh, month on like just being trying to be 10 minutes early for everything I've said this yeah. before in the past and haven't done it yet but I'm going I, I want to do it because I want that to change but the point is it's allowances for that because well, we know it exists within our lives and mm. for both of us so can we, we can relate to that and we can, you know, have tolerances for it. Should yeah. shut that window? I'll shut. Yeah. Um, so, oh yeah, you have to push the bottom bit and then pull the top. It's a bit awkward. It is awkward. So push the bottom bit. Uh, I tell you what, mate, I'll get it for you. Yeah, with the with the topic of planning and uh, trying to live in such a free way. Uh, at the end of the day, we are going to be fighting against time and it's either you move with the tides of time or you fight against it and you resist it and if you resist it you're going to have to you're not going to win you know you're going to age you're going to <laughs> you're going to realize that one day you're going to be old and you're going to have no one there in your, in your life if that's what how you want to live your life that's fine you know that's no, no problem at all but and it's you're going to be a very sad miserable person if you want to interact with the world and you expect the world to come down to your level. And I think this is what I mean by the whole falling into the trap of self-absorption and narcissism. It's a very fine line between self-care and self-narcissism or self-absorption. And you have to keep playing the balancing game. You have to go back in yourself and ask yourself, am I falling into the trap of narcissism now? And I think it has to take an honest answer, honest self-reflection practice to do that. 
because at times you are going to fall into that and it's how deep I don't say I wouldn't say it's a bad thing to fall into that um, a bit so if you dip your toes in that for a particular reason you know, sometimes you you might just need to stamp your foot down and say I don't want to do this you know but I think other times you have to ask yourself now am I still continuing to do this am I still continuing to be that rigid so you know you might apply for a job or you might be working for someone and you don't want to work for them anymore so you say I don't want to do this but then you have to be careful that you don't do that with everyone mm-hmm. or you go to your relationship your partner and say I don't want to do this and you keep saying that all the time and eventually you're just going to be sad and miserable and alone you know there has to come uh, a point where you have to balance things out and uh, compromise the compromise has to come into play with certain things so for, for me now for the last six months I would say five o'clock starts most days five o'clock uh, starts nine o'clock finishes in the evening so that's what my day is and by the time I get to 10 or 11, 10 or 11 o'clock I'm ready to knock out um, and I thought I'd never be that person that would have a structure like that where I would be living waking up at a certain time going to bed at a certain time but it's just part and parcel of the game and if I had told myself back then there's no way I'm going to do this absolutely not then you'll feel there'll be many opportunities that you're missing out on and life will present you opportunities to do something or grow in a certain way or a course or I don't know just hiking or something some opportunities that will come up and you'll miss out because you decided that this is how my life is and this is how I'm going to live my life and like we said, it's completely fine if it's just a, you want to live that sort of lifestyle amongst your own sort of space in your in your own company. Fine, no problem because you're not harming anyone else. But if you're doing something, if you want to interact with the world where you have to do something and you have to meet people, then that sort of way of dealing with life will just not yield the result you want. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's where we are. That's where the freedom is from your perspective. Like if I can interact with people. Um, I don't need the, the freedom is how I handle the situations mm. like the, it, it's not a case of that person must be doing this for me to to allow it there's the block within it's not allowing something in the world mm. and that doesn't mean we don't have uh, it, it. it's not a bad it's a bad thing that that person's doing because they might still need a bit of correction or if it's damaging we need to get away if it's yeah. not healthy for yeah, us yeah. But it's the allowance of that the world is moving through things all the time. And if we are rigid in our order and our organisation and the structure how we are, we will be cutting everything else off. So it's, you said it right there, it's all about balance and it's something big. I've just got a book on it actually I'm really looking forward to getting into. Is understanding balance is a big thing in my life mm. of uh, polarity. Because we talked about uh, oneness and that we're in a dualistic world and we're trying to transcend through dualism. And it... it very much inclined to go everything has to be about the good and the light and, mm. and build it up build it up when we do that without acknowledgement of the darkness or the the other side of things or the negative all that's going to cause is that like that's wrong and that's that causes frustration and anger and pain so i don't want that and yeah we, we don't want that but we can't ignore it uh, we can't if we're trying to run away from it without working with it and in fact getting stronger to be in the darkness you know like because you, you become a light to yourself and what is a light darkness can't exist where a light is mm. like there's a Andrew Holacek um, a dream yoga teacher incredible guy he's a Buddhist man and he has this great example he's like the stars and everything that's in space it's all blackness and if there was no stars nearby you can't see anything but just that one star somewhere you'll see you know millions mm. of miles away and there's that one light 
that's a light. Like that light is brightening up that darkness, even that little bit. Mm. So that darkness is the representation of the parts that we don't look at within ourselves. When you've built yourself up, let's say, uh, what's what's a good trait to use? Like, uh, oh, well, let's go with discipline. You know, there's probably friendlier and easier traits to use, but let's say you're disciplined in a certain manner um, and you, you know, you want to build up meditation or, or yoga or some kind of physical care. You have to have that discipline in one way or the other to continue go to get to some point if you're not well and you're ill or you've got strength in your body. It's not going to come if you just do one session mm. every week or twice a month or whatever it's got to be. You want to build that light up of being disciplined. And then even if I'm feeling a bit tired, oh, I could just be lazy and go. It's like, mm, use the light to go into the darkness of I'm trying to get somewhere with this to, to, to build that light up more. And once it's established, that level of light is there all the time. Generally, mm. it will remain and then you can build it into other things. And more so you can then, people will see these and that's, it doesn't just have to be seen not what we were mentioning earlier, but the energy that you carry about it is mm. like people are interested. Like, oh, how do you, how do you, like, why is your life so joyful? Or why do you not get upset when that person's behaving that way? And it's like, well, because you understand the palette of life features all of these things yeah. and it's all right. So it's down to our resilience to not go, that's bad. I don't, not even gonna, I'm not going to pretend that exists. We don't have to do anything with it, but acknowledge that it does exist, mm. you know? And how, how do you want to interact with it? Is it for you? Is it not for you? Do you want to help that change or do you not? Is your direction to help change something somewhere else, you know? And yeah, the, the understanding of, of balance and harmony is massive. You know, I used to just think it's, it was go to everything good and make it good. Mm. It is that, but it's not dismissing that it's bad. And sometimes our emotions will show that is when we feel tired or angry. It's like, oh, I'm feeling like this. I'm very irritable. I, I need to manage this because I could push that onto somebody else. I could upset my partner or be mean to a friend or be ignorant, whatever it is. And it's seen, oh, I'm in the darkness, right? Let's use the light of the discipline that I know when I feel this way mm. or my perspective has shifted and I'm seeing the world from more negative thing. Even doesn't mean you're wrong because even just being tired or hungry can put you in those states. Mm. But it's going, oh, I've done this because I'm tired or I've not slept well or I'm, I'm hungry, right? Let's not push that out in the world. Let's just go, sorry, mate. I can't talk today because I'm just feeling in this state rather than going, I've got to sit here and get through this conversation and I can't be out. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's that honesty and authenticity with self, which is what we were talking about with the expression thing earlier, really, is knowing when it's the right thing to do and when it's not and when you can be there and when you can't and developing that muscle and that awareness again and again to eventually be able to be through whatever situations are put in front of us without rejection of it. Like that's mastery of life uh, in my eyes. And that's just through balance and understanding. Ah, I'm in the darkness a bit. I need to go and chill out or I need to take care of myself in another way. Yeah. I think the balance sometimes, we think balances, everything has to be 50-50. Mm. And I don't think it has to be. Because if you look at the symbol of yin and yang, we have the small opposite spots on the top of the, the two fish. Um, and what you said about discipline is a good one. So you'll get a person who is, I would say a balanced person is someone who can be disciplined with something, but most things in their life, apart from one thing. They'll have one pet peeve or something where they're completely like messed up and scruffy and whatever. I think that is a greater balance to have. So you hear the stories of, you know, someone who's so organized with all their life and they'll have a closet full of shit and it's all messed up. Mm -hmm. I think that is the balance that we we need. That's, that's the level of balance which is, you know, healthy where you have, you can be disciplined in all areas of your life, but something in your life has to have a little less discipline. And I think if you have that, then the rest of the discipline that you do have, you have a more of a healthy interaction with that. 
because then you'll think, okay, you know, at least I've got some output or some outlet to be not disciplining. Where, let's say, for example, in these four walls of your house, you might be this uh, breathwork teacher outside and you know you're helping people out, but in your four walls, you can now take that that clothing off, a piece of clothing off, and hang it on the side, and then just be yourself. You know, allow yourself to be human, allow yourself to become um, a bit more emotional about things. And then once you're ready to interact with the world again, you put those clothes back on and then you go out and, and you do your job. Mm-hmm. And I think the doctors have, surgeons especially have that, they need that perspective of life. They have to be so disciplined. Mm-hmm. So they, The margin of error for a surgeon is very minimal because it's life and death they're dealing with. But they need some form of outlet to make sure that they can be like that. But I think a lot of people go wrong when it comes to doctors and surgery where a lot of a lot of doctors are alcoholics because they need some form oh, really? yeah, they need some form of coping mechanism, especially when it comes to surgery. They need some form of coping to deal with those situations. And I think they turn to alcohol because that numbs the sensation, as mm. opposed to having a healthy formal outlet where they can be like, Okay, I can be bad at this thing and it's okay. I don't, ha- I don't need to be perfect at this one thing. Whereas when they're going into surgery, they have to be on point. There is no margin for error. And it's how they deal with when they fail in that situation, which is very interesting. So the psychology of a surgeon is very fascinating, um, where they just don't have that space to be um, to be like, okay, I'm wrong, I shouldn't have done this, or I, sh- I've, I made a mistake here. It's very, very difficult. So I think there has to be some form of way, just, you know, not even surgeons, but you and I need some space where we can just be like, all right, you know, no one's watching. Or if you want, show people that as well, which is what we're talking about. Show people that you're a 90% breathwork teacher and then about 10%, oh, by the way, I've got this going on in my life, this and that. You need that little breathing space. And I think when we don't allow for that breathing space for a person, that's when we get in situations where we're looking at extremes of situation where it's always black or white or dark or light, etc. Uh, left or right wing politics etc you have to now side with fully left wing even though there might be 10% of the things that you don't agree with mm-hmm. you now have to fully side with that because 90% of the stuff you say aligns with that you can't agree with that 10% of right wing stuff that you actually believe in yourself so that's what the problem is with life we've got that well it's not the problem with life it's what we've done to ourselves you know it's our way of interacting with the world we have to live with these extremes as opposed to being in the massive 98% of grey that exists in between and uh, only the 2% that exists in the outside yeah um, it, you know having a, what you said there's stuff in the, in the closets out there it's like yeah whatever that mess is but every now and again when you're in that good space open the doors and take something out and see what you can work with at that yeah, time yeah. and because it'll probably it's, it's that closet it's, it's Narnia like there's going to be stuff coming through that wardrobe that we don't even recognise is in there yeah um, so when we're in that good position to to work on the, those uh, negative aspects do what we can with it and then you know chill and, and do do whatever it is that you do and going back into because that's where we will we will be bringing the darkness to the light to mm-hmm. work with it and, and keep evolving and keep developing because we can then get very comfortable if we're not looking at that stuff not all the time but as you said as, as and when we need to go into it. Um, yeah, and, and letting go of whatever we are majority of the time, if it is that hardcore disciplinarian and letting go and having the freedom and 
you know that that's the discipline as well really it's like right I've got these these two or three hours are scheduled to me to do whatever I want it's not about self-growth it's mm. not about what I need to do for work or what I want to show out it's like what am I going to do now mm. I'm just going to slob around and chill out and you know play, eat play some Breath bloody, of the Wild play Breath of the Wild yeah get the, get the switch out watch Avatar <laughs> cartoons whatever it is yeah, you know like just yeah. enjoying these these fun parts that don't have to be about getting somewhere because if it's always about the growth and getting somewhere it's, it's tense it's mm. tense it's like it has to keep moving on and it's actually an incorrect view from my perspective because you're getting on anyway whether you recognise it or not it's mm. just what's emotion and energy that you're carrying at that moment that is dictating how you're seeing life or what's happening right here and now if you're tense relax it <laughs> you know if you if you need to breathe because you're running too fast slow down and you know whatever what if you need to go faster because you want some you've got a time limit then go faster it's like whatever it is what's the right moment and if we've got that strict statue of how we are we then can't be malleable to go into those other elements it will propel us right into the moment into life or do what needs to be done mm-hmm. there's a really good zen quote and it says uh, sitting in stillness um, the grass still grows uh, the wind still blows something along those lines but basically just sitting in stillness and the grass still grows is like just calm be alive and watch and the world is still alive as well the world is still doing things we don't have to be completing something or achieving something all the time mm-hmm. it's like life that's how we, we integrate to life and I think when you do go into that stillness and you're watching movement and you're alright with everything that's going on the good and the bad the what's happening with the world at the minute is like you know such a crazy scenario which I think is really going to fuck things up in a few years for a lot mm. of people um, but that's what's happening right now so I can sit and watch that and go right I could sit and be frustrated and upset and you know, ready to re- revolt with a lot of the people who are doing but that doesn't feel like it's, it's my role it's mm. just seeing that this is occurring what can I offer from my individual perspective that will help that will, that will ease things but mm. without determination and, and control it means I must do that or I'm not Craig or I'm not living up to my ideals yeah. it's seeing life as it's playing out my energy can assist that because the energy and when I say my I mean all of us whatever wherever you're at your energy is having an effect or not and one of the the, the, the sad parts about um, inferiority or low self-esteem is you don't think you're having an impact mm. you're having an impact by being alive you don't need to be doing something you're a bundle of energy and you just you being here is enough if you can do it pleasantly and with a smile and happiness even better because frequency raises energy raises then but yeah the, like the pressure to do stuff don't worry there's how many trillions of people in the planet so find your happiness and your joy first and then you live in that groove of it mm. without having to force it it's just because it feels right like that inner child aspect of the work is so important to be able to be playful and you can be playful in what you're doing you'll benefit other people as well because it's not the tension you know, as you say, putting on the clothes, let's say, going for that breath work, and I put the breath work clothes on, I still try and bring as much authenticity into it as possible. Because even when I didn't, it was still so rigid. Right, I've got to do this bit by this time, and I have to pronounce it this way, and da-da-da, rather than allowing myself to, if I middle up my words or a mistake, or mm. like the, the workshop the other day, I hadn't slept for 24 hours. It was just, I was just wired awake. Mm. I couldn't sleep for, for whatever just for whatever reason. you know. And, and going through the start of it, I couldn't, even, I've done how many breathwork workshops but I couldn't remember the order that I was going through because my cognitive functions weren't there through mm. lack of sleep and I was like oh you know, right, right, well, I'm going through this and that right? and you know it just wasn't clear to me but 
you know, from asking the abs of people there, it's like, it's unnoticeable a lot of the time when we make our mistakes or it's not as efficient as we'd normally like it. Mm. If you're still delivering what you're there to deliver and you're still a human and you treat yourself that way, it's fine. It's fine. You know? yeah. Or we can say, oh, I'm sorry today. I didn't sleep that well last night or whatever it is, you know, not, not find excuses, but being truthful. And then when we see people doing that, it's not like, right, I have to go to that place and that person best be like that or I've not got my money's worth for it or I don't respect that person anymore because mm-hmm. da, da, da. all image in it it's not allowing what flows in the moment you get good at your craft and at your skill it's just going to get easier and easier and you'll deliver a certain standard anyway um, but it's still you still allow people to be people in that time yeah in, in what they're experiencing yeah I think there's a there's a term for that and I was just thinking about it and I just remembered it now I think people I've got a new friend of mine um, he's a student of mine she's very young and she's very eccentric and she's got a lot of ideas but she just doesn't know how to ground her ideas she's bouncing from one idea to the next idea and if there's interactions where we're just hanging out she needs to feel like she's productive mm. it's that p word again like always thinking that you need to do doing stuff because you feel like you're falling behind in life it's um it might it, when you said that it reminded me of do you know how you're saying you know just if you just stay still life will still carry on going and i think people are so scared of that that life will just leave you behind if you stay still and it reminded me of uh, Finding Nemo if you remember that movie there's a moment where all the, the animals are riding the slipstream mm. uh, the currents and it's just like that's exactly what life is you don't need to necessarily swim with the current you just you can just stay there it's nice and still and the current will still continue to take you maybe not at the, the rate that you want to go at but you're still moving forward and sometimes maybe that's the rate you need to go at you need to stay still to now move forward um, and I think again that sounds very spiritual or coated with um, you know the, the woo woo stuff but it really oh, isn't man. it's very it's very simple you just are very hippie-ish it's very it's simple as just you watching things happening in front of you so whatever you're creating in this world uh, whether it's art you know it's the most expressive form of creativity or whether you're creating business sometimes take a step back and watch it happen and see what you've created. Um, and it's happened to me recently with my YouTube channel when it comes to my um, mobility stuff. You know, I've not posted a video since about October or November. And I've had more subscribers and views in that period of time where we are right now till since then, where I've not posted anything than I did when I was posting stuff. And I was getting frustrated trying to get to 100 subscribers and yet no one watching it. And now I've just crossed 500. I mean, it's not a lot in the grand scheme of things, but it's me doing nothing at all now. And it's because you've taken the step away. Maybe not. you don't have to look at that thing anymore. You can just look elsewhere and you'll see when you come back to it, life has grown. It's, it's grown by itself. Um, and I think that's the beauty of plants. You know, you don't have to watch the plant grow. You look away. You've got to nurture it and you've got to give the basic requirements. But just go away and come back and you'll see that it starts fruiting the things that you wanted in the first place. Mm. Whereas if you sit there waiting for that minute to tick down a minute is a very long time if you're counting the seconds so you just let it happen and, yeah. uh, and life will happen before you um, but yeah I think what time are we on I think it's a great place to wrap up now unless just you're just on that to... yeah just to, just to then note what you say and yeah. I think the idea of watching the you know like the, the plants and the trees how they do it is such a good good analogy to use because you want that fruit to grow and this is why we always can learn through nature all the time mm. I think Sadhguru uses the analogy about the mango tree mm. You know, well, you can't put the mango tree on top of the mountain because it won't grow the mangoes. It's not the right environment, etc. But most of all, how the fruit grows itself. So if you're 
you can be sat there as you said waiting like come on where's this fruit where's this fruit mm-hmm. what are we doing that with ourselves in like why am I not good enough yet why can't I do that why have I not got da, 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 whatever it is but if you're nurturing as you said watering the plant giving it the food it will blossom on its own mm-hmm. I had a very similar experience on my Instagram with wanting too far you know and again this is this is a measurement so it's an ego or it's a mind thing because it's, if it's a measurement it's coming from from the ego or the, the brain that likes to measure and control but I was like close to 2,000 followers and you know I was like oh I'd love to have that because I always thought when I set up my account if I get to that I will just ease off and chill out you know and like you know first time I got to a thousand I was like oh I've got a thousand followers yeah. you know ultimately it doesn't mean anything but it's like use these markers as a bit of fun and to get you somewhere mm. it doesn't define how it's just you, you've got an outreach to that right and it's a bit of fun and then you know I was watching that last it was about 1,700 I was like oh I'm then close to get close. close so I was like posting posting <laughs> posting new tags trying to get people in there it went up a little bit then it stopped and then did a podcast with somebody else that shot it up because of their viewers and you know it kept going it was 1,800 then 1,850 and then once 1,860 and then it'd be like 30 followers in the day I was like okay and anyway it took a few months it got to that 2,000 and I was like ah oh, you know what, I'm just going to completely chill out now and not do anything that was fueling that growth that wanted a higher amount of number. Yeah. And then within three days, it goes up another 150 where I'm not forced about watching it anymore. And it's like, just when you hit that tipping point of you want it to be a certain thing and you ease off and you see it's probably doing the same thing anyway, maybe a little faster because yeah. the algorithm's improved, but it's just the fruit's growing on its own then. That was happening prior to me wanting that target. It was growing anyway. You know, whether there's hiatuses and it stops, but you're still out there and you do things and it, that's feeding it. That's just naturally feeding it. And the feeling you get from watching it go to that point and then going after it, day after it is better. Mm-hmm. There's no tension and conflict going, I've got to get to that. And then it means something more if I get to that. Once it's done it, you're like, ah, well, perhaps I can use that, ah, in, <laughs> you know, before it even happened. Um, and that would be doing something through the joy of doing it because you love to do it mm. without it wanting to account to something. Mm. Um, What's is it sitting on now? I had uh, 2,180 or something like that. Yeah, nice, like, nice. Um, yeah. yeah. Are, you, are you posting anything on the... I've not posted for a while. After it got there, it's not, not posted for a while. Yeah. Um, other than yesterday because it was the breath work. So again, it's... It's just nice not to have that grip in me that wanted to get to a point of saying you've got to keep posting now if you want that momentum to continue. Yeah. And ultimately yeah. for what? Yeah, other than the nice the nicety of hitting that number, there's nothing more than that because those people who I'm offering the breath work out to, whether they come to a session or get in touch or not, two thousand people don't. You know, mm-hmm. maybe over the period of time, but the people who are on there, it means nothing but the number. Yeah. So it's taking in that relaxation and go, ah, just let the fruit come on its own, you know, just do what you do, enjoy what you do. The markers are great, you know, if we're using them as a point to see where we want to strive to and what we're trying to grow to. Um, you know, meditation is such a good example on it. If we're, I've got to meditate for 10 minutes, or I've got to meditate for 20 minutes. If you're saying that, you can't meditate because you've got a limit on it. And meditation is the one thing that's opposite from a limit. It can't be, I'm going to sit here for, you know, maybe have a timer, it will go off in 20 minutes time mm. but it's got to be out of your head to think right i'm nearly at 20 minutes because how you can't literally can't meditate if that's yeah. in your head yeah. so it says my time and i'm just going to go and see how it goes maybe i'll get 60 seconds of, of complete stillness and space maybe i'll get 18 minutes whatever it is you don't want to be measuring it the measure is the process to see how effective i am but even that will not be the meditation you know so it's it's very there's way more profundity we would go into that discussion but as you said we'll we'll wrap it up here we'll wrap it up here yeah it's been a good an hour and a half wow uh, was it yeah That's we've sick. gone through this quite quickly well 
we knew that we'd probably talk about a lot of things and it's nice that we've grounded some form of topic but you're going to have to give me you're going to give me the hard part now and I'm going to go through the whole podcast and figure out the topics that we're talking about um, but yeah it's, it's fascinating and I think there are specific topics we want to talk about in these podcasts especially in this new season that we go as we go into it um, there's a couple of topics that I definitely want to get into and uh, a new perspective shine a new lens plus I think it will help a lot of people out mm-hmm. plus maybe even we start chucking these videos on your YouTube channel as well mm-hmm. so we'll do it in both of ours um, and that way, the whole consistent thing at least it, at least it brings it up. Uh, mm. This consistent stuff going on, so might get to that three thousand followers. Might, as well, <laughs> might get to three thousand followers. Maybe we can do the whole countdown here when we get to that three thousand followers and do a whole podcast on it. But um, our interaction with social media is very interesting, though. I think it's just I think we have a very similar perspective. We we have those phases where we think oh, yes, and then for me that disappears within like ten seconds. I'm like ah. Oh, can't be asked now. I mean, if you're enjoying it, what's the, what's the harm? <laughs> There's no you know, harm. As long as it's no. not gripped us, because that's when the attachment comes, is it has to be that number or yeah. come on, I've got to get there. Like, why not just... Because it's nice though, isn't it? It's like, oh, people are interested. Like, how yeah. is that not a nice thing for us? Yeah, it is. So yeah. it's... Yeah, it can be, as we've said with everything, and this is why balance is imbued in it all. Is it ego? Is it spirit? You know, is it mm. consciousness? Or is mm. it for my gain? Or am I just enjoying it? Mm. Constant. Perfect. Right. We're going to wrap it up there, guys. Boom. Yep, so I'm not saying this in a while. Let me see if I can remember my script. This is going to be on Instagram as a preview. Instagram is still doing the 8,000 thing, uh, eight minute thing where you need 10,000 followers and then you can go unlimited. So, eight minute preview on Instagram. The video will be on YouTube. There's a link on my bio. I think there's also a link on Craig's bio to the YouTube channel. Do you have one? Oh, I can put one on. My yeah. link is normally for the tickets for Breathwork. Right. Um, so you can, you on there's a thing you can well. have called Linktree, which will put, oh, you yeah. click on Linktree and it opens up multiple channels of uh, whatever social media you have. Okay. So we'll stick it on that and that way people can go straight to the video. Um, yeah, please do support us. Obviously, this will also be on Spotify, iTunes and all the usual audio platforms mm. and we will see you in the next com- the, po- the, the, the next Conscious Conversation podcast um, yeah done yes, we will oh I think do what was I going to say then uh, I've got a retreat coming up oh, in yes. October yeah um, which is going to be it's about creating your own reality we've only got one space left like it sold out within a week which was buzzing how many people have you got uh, there's going to be 12 of us right um, so we've got one space to go and yeah it's about creating your own reality so if it's we're going into mindset, meditation, we're doing yoga every morning, bit of neem, cacao, a lot of health and cleansing, breath work, going into dreaming, lucid dreaming. Mm. Uh, we'll be doing outside water work, walks in nature. Uh, yeah, it's going to be cracking. So that's October. If anybody's interested, give me a shout. I'm looking at the camera now. We, don't, we never do that, do we? we give me a shout. That. It's on my, on my Instagram page. Or drop me a message for that final space. And... I think that's everything. When's your next breathwork? Ah, con- uh, that's the 25th of September. Breathwork and cacao. Breathwork, cacao breathwork ceremony. Four hours. It's going to be a good day. Daytime, nighttime? Evening. So we're doing six till nine. Perfect. No, five till nine. Yeah, I find with those breathwork before we close off, I think the ones that are the deepest for me and a lot of people that I talk to are the ones that we do later on in the evening. Because mm-hmm. in the morning you're waking up and then you go straight to your breathwork. You're either in that limbo stage or you're hyper awake. Mm-hmm. So... I think the ones that are deeper for me are the ones that are later on in the evening where I'm a bit more mellow about to obviously knock out so it's nice to do the breath work and then just go to sleep straight after um, yeah and it does give you such a vivid um, experience when you're sleeping 
like I, I tend to have much stronger dreams mm. and I knock out straight after um, that's a practice you can use actually for for to enhance your dreams and your dream state or out of body state by waking up and doing some breath work and mm. like specific breath movement yeah, yeah that's cool stuff we'll probably do one on uh, lucid dreaming because I said uh, Sonny wants to obviously go more into that and uh, that'll be a good podcast to do again I think we briefly covered it yeah we've had a, a portion didn't we at some point yeah but well, we should go balls deep into one entire podcast of just lucid dreaming I think you'll probably take the, the reins of that one and I'll just be asking you this this and that and uh, maybe even do particular sadhans or tools that people can use to kind of get themselves in the lucid state mm-hmm. um, because you've done this now for five years journal tape since I was 20 yeah 25 26, yeah, so what eight years oh wow so you've journaled it for that long yeah, yeah. Jesus so yeah. there's some a lot of information that Craig will be able to present people um, especially if you want to get down that route because there are a lot of meaning there's a lot of meaning that you can derive from your dream and yeah announce your life through through your dream life um, but yeah right we're done boom we'll lots of love topic. we'll see you guys in the next podcast stay conscious was that the tagline <laughs> I think it was yeah. wow